Hello, and welcome to another delightfully nautical episode of We Only Look Thin. I don't know, dude. Uh, we Only Look Thin. I am Catherine Weigel. I'm one of your hosts. Uh, ahoy. And, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's Captain Catherine. Oh, my gosh. Please don't. Okay. Sorry. <clears throat> Hi, this is We Only Look Thin. I'm Catherine Weigel. I've lost about 140 pounds, and with me today is... Donald Weigel, your boatswain or something. <laughs> What's a boatswain? I don't know. It's a nautical thing I heard once in a book. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you did read Moby Dick. Huh? Yeah, I uh, and I have lost about 100 pounds, oh, and, and we're here to talk about uh, nautical things and see, knots and ropes and all kinds of stuff. See, when we uh, when we come up with these, these cold opens, yeah. I don't know what Donald's going to say. He doesn't know what I'm going to say. So no. it goes in many different directions. I've never... I'm going to Google... Boat swaying. No one point. has ever accused us of like of you know strictly rehearsing these before we record them. You know, but I do listen to some podcasts where it's a hundred percent scripted. Yeah, and there's one I listen to. I actually really like the host, but it is a hundred percent scripted. And then I heard her on another podcast, and she talks like a human, just like us. But wow. on her podcast, it's a hundred percent. You know, like. Insert laughing ha 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 at this point. And yeah. So it, anyway, we we go with the flow, and you get what you get. So. I'm still trying to work on talking like a human. <laughs> <laughs> I am too, but uh, but there are many knots in this episode. Yeah. Uh, it has actually nothing to do with the ocean, but yeah, no, not nautical, but not K N O T. Yeah, actually, we love wordplay, which is yeah. again great on a podcast. But uh, we are going to talk about untangling knots today. Yeah, and uh, and swarms of behavior. Behaviors and uh, BJ you know, Fogs. Yeah, more BJ Fogs. So there's a fog, there's a swarm inside a fog. Yeah. And it's all wrapped in knots and riddles or yeah. something. You yeah. know what? This is what happens. We enjoy <laughs> making puns, and you're getting the brunt of it, if I have to be honest. Yeah, the brunt. You're getting you're you're the brunt listeners. <laughs> um, I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. Uh so last week we tried to do, and I think we successfully did, I shouldn't say tried, uh, give sort of an introduction, an introduction? An introduction to uh BJ Fogg from his uh book Tiny Habits. And the swarm of behaviors. Yeah. So what the swarm of behaviors is, is sort of the opportunity to brainstorm solutions to habits that you would like to add into your life or behaviors that you'd like to add into your life. A lot of times we can think that we are victims to our circumstance. There's no way out. What am I going to do? There's nothing to do. But brainstorming solutions through the swarm of behaviors, go back and listen to that episode, we realize that there are lots of little ways that we have the opportunity to make habits change in our lives. Yeah. I know. I, I like how you uh, you like made that positive thing. No, but I think I used to, and I said this in the last episode, you know, I used to go into my boss and be like, oh, there's no solutions. I don't make enough money to, you know, right. come up with solutions here. It's your job. But really, there is so much power in realizing that we have opportunities. Whether we want to take them or not is a different uh, you know, question, but we have the opportunity to make new habits. And in this episode, we're going to talk about untangling habits. Yes, indeed. Like, uh, like knots. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of knot in a rope thing yes, that we mentioned before. We did. So a lot of times, and this is what Mr. Mr. Dr. BJ Fogg. Mr. Doctor. I don't know why I find that so funny. He's just Dr. BJ Fogg. Yeah. Well, he, he refers to himself as PhD. So it's not like when I'm on a Zoom call with him, he 
makes everyone call him doctor. So, uh, <laughs> which I've actually been on Zoom calls with him. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Zoom cause, dropping. Because <laughs> you are a Tiny Habits certified coach, I which is am. part of the reason we're starting to do some of these dives. Like I read the book um, something like a year ago, yeah. I think, and um, uh, really got a lot out of it and um, regretted not having taken a ton of notes while I was reading it. But uh, because it's, there's there's so much in there, there's so many things to, you know, kind of keep at the, you know, forefront of my thinking, so yes. to speak. And um, it's it's nice to go back in and, and sort of re-explore a lot of these things because I, you know, keeping things in mind, we talk about all the time. We'll do an episode, and yeah. a week later, I'm like, what did I say about that last week? It's awful. Um, it's I terrible. Yeah, I don't know if that's a function of getting old or just, you know, human nature or what, but um, uh, it is nice to do these sort of, you know, deeper dives on tiny, tiny parts of tiny habits. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a it's a, a richly filled book with lots of stuff. I'm not trying to do an ad for it, but, um, but it's really uh, worth reading. Yeah. So in the Tiny Habits Method, he really talks about, you know, how we've all grown up with the notion of breaking a habit. Yeah. I remember there was a cigarette commercial where someone actually snaps a cigarette yeah. as though that, you know, prevents you from buying another carton of cigarettes. Yeah. And we've been so taught since we were kids, the idea of breaking a habit, breaking a habit. And that implies that if you just, you know, take a short time and exhibit enough force on right. something that you can cause it to, you know, to snap and then never do it again. Right. I mean, we see montages of, you know, like clean out your refrigerator, throw out all the food, you know, dump the bottle in the trash. Right. You know, and it's these big sort of, it, it's almost like uh, we've talked about that lightning bolt moment of like, I've got to make a big change. I've got to make it happen. Yeah. But we can throw out the ho-ho's. And then go back to the store and buy the Right, they have more. They sell more. Like, there are places where you can get others. And the other thing that it implies, and uh, Mr. Dr. B.J. Fogg talks (laughs) about this in the book. We're going to get a cease and desist. I know, I know. Um, The thing that uh, he talks about in the book, how that it is implied and sometimes openly stated that we have a character flaw. Yeah. If, if we can't, like, if we continue to do a certain habit, that there's something wrong with us, that if we just had a little more willpower or if we were just like raised differently by our parents somehow, that we, you know, wouldn't be doing these things. Or if we just, you know, there's this idea of like, just don't do it, just yeah. stop. Well, I think that was Miss Nancy Reagan's problem. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Just don't do drugs. Just I don't forgot do drugs. about that. That's yeah. easy. But it implies this big, you know, like breaking a habit, defeating a battle, you know, as though it's just exerting all of this force. And if we aren't strong enough, if we don't have the willpower, if we don't have the right motivation, that we're flawed as people. And Mr. Dr. B.J. Fogg <laughs> says that that is reductive. Yeah. And I think it is, but for the people who find it easy to change a habit, you know, like we have family members who are just like, well, just stop. Just don't. Like, yeah. Well, just move more. Yeah. And like, I'm sure you've run into those people too that are like, well, why, do, why don't you just quit eating those chips? Oh. Why don't you just quit? Like, just don't do it. Like, what's your problem? I don't understand. Well, and that makes us feel bad. And that might be an upholder thing. We've talked about that with Gretchen Rubin. Yeah. About upholders, when they make a choice to make a change, they just do it. 
and, and that's the Nike way is yeah. to just do it. But for us, we're, we're complicated folk with complicated desires. I am Conf- not an upholder. I will tell you that much for sure. I, there, there is no like just deciding to stop doing something like I, I have to have a process. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I'm taking Mr. Dr. Ed Sheeran. Also, I'm what? bringing him down. <laughs> I didn't know that Ed Sheeran had a PhD. I don't think he does. <laughs> Mr. Dr. Ed Sheeran. Okay, so, I can't wait what he has to hear what he has to say about this. Okay, so Ed Sheeran actually has a song out right now called Bad Habits. Oh. It's really annoying. We listen to TikTok radio on the drive. Oh, my God. Uh, drive time with my daughter to uh, our daughter to school. But he yeah. has a song called Bad Habits. And it says, my, ha- my bad habits lead to late nights and in alone. Conversations with a stranger. I barely know. Swearing this will be the last, but it probably won't. I got nothing left to lose or use or do. And it's just, he's like, well, I'm, I, wow. I, I'm helpless. I can't do anything. I'm a, I'm a victim of circumstance. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to change. If I could do the whole uh, switch up parody song like uh, Mr. Dr. Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> <laughs> it just covers all the bases. <laughs> Mr. Doctor. I wouldn't be surprised if Weird Al Yankovic actually was a doctor, had yeah, a PhD. Maybe. But uh, but we talk about bad habits. Like, oh, it's a bad, I gotta stop the, gotta break the bad, have breaking bad, whatever. Really, it's unhelpful. It's unproductive. Yeah. It's counterproductive to the kind of people we're working on becoming. And when we realize, and I'm going to, maybe I'll send a swarm of behavior chart to Mr. Dr. Ed Sheeran. Ah, Let him know he idea. has the opportunity to make changes, but it takes some troubleshooting. I that- don't know if that would make as good of a song, though. <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> I have an opportunity to make changes. Yeah, I'm doing a swarm of behaviors on a Saturday night <laughs> exactly. at the bar, looking at hot ladies. Yeah. Oh, uh, well. But so anyway, so the last, last, he's week- at a bar looking at hot ladies. That's the lyric of the song well that's it, what it implies oh, okay. it implies All that right. he's like you know he basically has one night stands yeah. which basically for me include tacos yeah so replace hot lady with tacos. yeah one night taco me. stands that's definitely no, my thing yeah. <laughs> we're funny yes indeed so bj fogg there i'll just get to the quick of it yeah it, bj fogg talks about habits being more like untangling ropes knots that are in rope you got you got your shoelace knots there's so many different kinds of knots we're bringing it back to our nautical theme spelled with a (laughs) k-n sure uh but he talks about untangling a rope full of knots when we have when you know when you're looking at your shoelaces triple dog tied you know when you're a kid thinking it was rad triple dog tied (laughs) when they skipped over double dog tied and went straight to it when you're untangling a knot you don't start at the you know meaty center of the knot you start with like where's the end when you're untangling your christmas wires you know like at christmas you're like i'm just gonna put all the 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 lights back in the box and it'll be fine and then you open the box next year and you're like why did i not neatly ravel these instead of just putting them in me, a pile me every year i know how can i have such disrespect for my future self i mean seriously i'm like it's always like take them down just throw them in there we'll figure <laughs> it out when we take them out and then i take them out and i'm like what was i thinking old me is so mean <laughs> exactly but then we do it again yeah but he talks about untangling knots and starting with the simplest most basic part, the very end that you can unthread. And habits are just the same. Oh, 
Oh, now I get it. Yeah. So again, we're not going to read the entire book to you uh, because there's, <laughs> there's a lot in the, this. There book. is actually an audiobook you can get and have Mr. BJ Fogg, Mr. Dr. BJ Fogg read the entire audiobook to you. Yeah. So this is kind of, hopefully, I know you don't, it doesn't feel like a Cliff Notes version. You might have wanted to jump off a cliff with all of our predication <laughs> on this. But he talks about three actual stages for changing behaviors. So we're not talking about bad behaviors. We're just talking about unwanted behaviors. Yes. So the first thing he talks about, we're getting to the point, is actually focusing, he suggests we focus on new behaviors instead of trying to like, oh, I, I need to lose weight. Oh, I've got to do whatever. He talks about, what about adding a new behavior, a new habit into your life, totally unrelated to the habit that you would like to stop? Yeah, it seems a little counterintuitive, but it makes a lot of sense when you uh, really, really get into it. Well, I referred to the parents, uh, not that we've done it, but parents make their kids, <laughs> yeah. you know, do sports to keep them from doing drugs, mm. you know? And they're they're seemingly unrelated, but it's like keep yourself so busy that you can't do drugs. No, not unless you count esports. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely have not done any actual like well, physical sports well, making of our kid. Yeah, our kid is not 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 the uh not the jock. So that's, no. no, that's the way it's gonna go. So add a new unrelated habit, learning a new language, joining a club, volunteering. It's not about focusing directly on something that you want to stop doing, but rather in Investing in the kind of person that you want to be. He says yeah. that's sort of the first step of like feeling pride and like, hey, look, I just added this thing into my life. Yay me. Yeah. And one of the things he talks about a lot in the book is how you you change better by feeling good than yeah. by feeling bad. And it, it's a way to, you know, you pick maybe a low hanging fruit sort of habit to add to your life. And then you can really feel the pride in having yeah. accomplished that, and it helps you to then add more because you want to keep that good feeling going. Yeah, exactly. Step two is stopping an unwanted habit. Yeah. That's his, his sort of second line of defense. And then the third is swapping out a new behavior for an old behavior. Mm. Um, so we're those are just kind of the, that that's sort of how he structures it. So add a new habit, stop an unwanted habit, or then the third line is swap out a habit. But today we're going to focus on number two, the uh, stopping or really troubleshooting ways to stop an unwanted habit. And this is where the swarm of behaviors comes in. Yay! Oh, yeah. And like we said, we, uh, we did did an episode about swarm of behaviors last week, but uh, we're going to go into it and how you do it for stopping an unwanted habit. Yep. So in case you don't remember what the swarm of behavior model looks like, we are going to tell you, you need a piece of paper and a pen or pencil or, you know, some sort of uh, writing utensil. Yeah. And there are also places you can download like a pre-made one of these yeah. that you can just sort of fill in. Okay. So step one, paper, pen, we got that. And in the middle of the piece of paper, maybe the size of your uh, your fist, draw a cloud in the center. Yeah. And if you're like me, it doesn't have to be a good cloud. It's circle. Just be like a circle. It's yeah, fine. Whatever. Yeah. It's fine. So in the middle of the cloud, write the thing that you want to stop doing. I want to eat less junk food. I want to sit less. I want to stop smoking. Whatever it is. Right. Write that in the middle of the cloud. And then... This is the part where we start troubleshooting the different ways that that habit plays a role in your day-to-day -day life. So this is kind of where we're going to get into uh, to how to do that. Yeah, so start thinking of 10 or more things that are standing in your way or 10 or more um, habits. You know, the big thing might be that you want to eat less junk food. Yeah. 
and think of 10 or more ways in which you are eating junk food, you know, situations in which you're coming across it or instances where you're, you're, you know, doing this unwanted behavior and write down either instances that you would want to stop or, or ways in which you think you could curb that behavior. Yeah. So the question to ask yourself is what day-to-day circumstances are getting in the way of what I want? So the That's a much better way to put it than I just did. Okay. So what I want to do is eat less junk food. So really go through your day and consider, even if you want to do this as like a one-day kind of habit to, to really focus on, really investigate your life. How does junk food play a role in your day? Yeah. So for example, I get an AM peppermint mocha and pound cake at Starbucks. Like Okay, that's one way the junk food or, you know, food that I I don't want to have plays in my life. Yeah, or like the candy dish at reception, at the reception desk at work. Right. Or like free snacks in the break room. Yeah, or uh, stress eating. That's a really big one, but that is a lot of times why I go and get those other things. Yeah, or like the soda and chips that you always get at lunch. Or, you know, whenever you stop and get gasoline, you always grab a candy bar at the gas station. Yeah, and for me, it was the wine and hummus and crackers that I used to eat every night. And, you know, hummus, that's not a junk food. It's a whole grain or whatever it is. You know, it's healthy. It's not healthy if you eat 1,500 calories of it. Yeah, or, you know, you pick up your kid after school and you always go and get like big gulps at the 7-Eleven. Yeah, our daughter actually the other day was like, hey, you know what sounds really randomly good right now? Let's get a Jamba Juice, which is basically just like liquid sugar. Yeah, exactly. You know, but when I used to make lunch for our daughter and I would snack on the food, you know, oh, like three Cheez-Its for her, 10 for me, you know, that kind of just random bites, licks, and tastes. Yeah, or, you know, you you have to have a big, you know, particular dessert after dinner or something, you yeah. know, that, you, that, that is contributing. But, you know, write down as many of these as you can think of, um, but at least 10. Yeah, and really, you know, once we see all of the ways that something is occurring in our life, it can be really sobering. To see all of the ways that it enters our lives. Yeah, we think for like, sure. But, but also what BJ Fogg says is that when we generally say, I want to cut down on junk food, it's such a vague, like, okay, so did you cut back on junk food? Right. And I don't know. You know, or even the flip side of that, you know, I want to eat healthier. Like, what does that mean exactly? Yeah. Okay. So... We've decided that there are more than 10 ways that junk food or, you know, scrappy food, let's call it scrappy food, plays a role (laughs) in our day-to-day life. Like Scrappy-Doo and Scooby-Doo. Now, in the breaking a habit world, we might say, that's it, no more junk food in the whole world, that's it, I'm going cold turkey, it's a new me, I'm never going to eat any of that stuff again, that's what Weight Watchers says to do, or the, the plan says to do. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, picturing the montage where you've got the giant trash bag, and yeah. you're walking around all these places, and you're just shoving the junk food into the trash bag, and then you toss the trash bag away, and never again. And that's it. But that leaves sort of a vacuum and a void, because then you're like, oh, good, there's celery left. Oh, right. Super fun for me. <laughs> I don't like celery. Yeah. But that has happened so many times where I make this grand statement and then I can just go back to the grocery store and get the food again. It's not like it's just suddenly never going to happen again. Right. So the BJ Fogg tiny habit model is to look at your swarm of behaviors, all the ways that this junk food appears in your day-to-day life, and then 
decide on one or two. It goes back to that tiny knot, even if it's a garlic knot. And you decide which of those you're willing, you're open to stopping. Okay, so take a look at your list and put circles around the habits that you think you could actually get yourself to stop. So for example, stopping the candy dish at work, stopping the candy bar at the gas station. Those are like not huge lifestyle changes, but they're super small sort of tiny steps toward becoming the kind of person that eats less junk food. So if I'm being honest and looking at this list, the biggest caloric impact one is the wine and cheese and hummus at night. That's like a 1500 calorie giant, you know, elephant in the room. But to start, maybe I can just commit to not having the candy dish. Yeah. Just start there. There's a whole, like, there's whole, there's layer after layer, like a parfait of things that you can do. But start with the one thing that you think you can get yourself to stop. And then once you've untied that knot, what's the next thing that you would be willing to change that you could modify? Yeah. And make sure that you're, you know, even if it seems easy, even if it seems simple, make sure that you are congratulating yourself for managing to avoid the candy dish. Like if that is an easy one for you, maybe that's not an easy one for you. And one of these other ones seems easy to you. But, you know, part of this is making sure that you acknowledge that you have accomplished this and feeling good about it because these things are not easy. They might seem easy off the top, but, you know, all of these add up to get you to a place that you're, you know, where you're unhappy with your behaviors. Yeah, and for sure. I mean, we used to go, you know, see movies in the before time, in the long, long ago. A long, long ago. Where we would get the giant popcorn and the giant side and the giant soda and the giant whatever. Yeah. And in the category of eating less junk food, Hey, now I get a small popcorn. That is a quantifiable change. Like I used to get a large and now I get a small. I used to eat an entire tub of hummus and now I just have a little hundred calorie cup. Yeah. And and look, I know this isn't for everybody, but like I'll get the unsweetened iced tea instead of these, you know, fully sugared uh, soda when I go. Yeah. But actually being able to see, to troubleshoot all the different ways that a habit plays a role in your life, it is really sobering to see all the ways that junk food played a role in my life. And quite frankly, when I finally added up the calories of the hummus and the wine every night at 12 to 1500 calories, that was a like, why is it my thyroid? Oh, I don't understand. <laughs> right, right. Oh, it's circumstance. I'm like, oh no. Okay. That is a really big problem. So being aware of all of the different ways that a habit plays a role in your life gives you the opportunity to make small changes. And like Donald said, feel successful. Wow. Hey, I don't eat candy at work anymore. That's a great victory. Yeah, for sure. Then move on to the next and the next and the next. And then you're becoming the kind of person who really manages junk food. Absolutely. Okay. So now we're going to do one more swarm of behaviors before we close it out. And this one is about activity or being inactive. Yeah. I, we used to sit all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. It, it was, we gamified sitting. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like reward points for no, but like, sitting more than moving. On the weekend, if I went to Target, I was like, oh, that's a big, woo. Ooh, exhausting. <laughs> I need a nap. Yeah, we both made that same sound. Okay. So again, the instead of eating less junk food, I want to sit less. I want to, I want to, you know, stop sitting so much. Is that a, 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 is that a thing? Yeah. So again, the question is, what day-to-day circumstances get in the way of me getting an activity? Yeah. Okay. So for me, I, you know, the close parking spot or I'll just drive home. Yeah. It's sort of that, like, I would drive around the parking lot and drive around trying to find a spot that was maybe 20 feet closer. Oh my gosh. So that I wouldn't have to then walk all that way to the, you know, and now I, anyway, I know I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but now it's like I intentionally take a far away, like the first parking spot I find. And, you know, not only do I get more activity in, but it's actually more, like, it's quicker because I'm not spending all that time driving around the parking lot. Okay, I almost got into a fist fight before I officiated a wedding because of a parking spot. I just, (laughs) I'm not going to talk about it here. It was maybe something for therapy, but I, yeah, anyway. Okay, so this is the way that I was inactive. I would try to get the closest parking spot. I would always take the elevator. Yeah. I would always sit on the couch after work, like just immediately drop my stuff and sit on the couch. Sit all day at work with no breaks, uh, you know, stay up late, you know, so that I wouldn't be well rested the next day and then I would be too tired to get in movement. Exactly. And this was a big one for you, Donald. Yeah. The efficiency loophole. And instead of actually getting activity and burning calories, I would want to do things the most efficient way possible, you know, meaning like instead of making multiple trips back and forth with items, you know, trying to get them all in one trip so that I would have to move the least amount all the time. It was just this loophole so that I wasn't getting in activity. Right. And our sedentary weekends, we used to see like double feature movies on weekends. We would go out to breakfast and then be so exhausted by our double lumberjack breakfast portion that we would literally come home and nap yeah yeah and you know and then not having any hobbies that that involved movement or you know even really having hobbies much at all that were other than sitting in front of the tv and snacking yeah exactly and then like not using the gym membership that i paid for uh and then that whole and this was one i'm gonna give donald credit for this one thank you it's the well the science says i have to get 30 minutes of activity and if i can't get 30 there's no way I'm doing anything else. Yeah, we have this mindset in society, and I had it for most of my life, that that there was real exercise, yeah. and then there was everything else. And if I wasn't doing real exercise, well, then I would do nothing at all. And, you know, real exercise in my mind was going to the gym or going for a run or, or you know, actually taking, like, some sort of fitness class. And it turns out that all movement is actually exercise, and it all works, and it all burns calories, and... I don't need to do any of those things that I used to hate doing, like going to the gym or going for runs in order to burn calories. Right. So that whole, I remember in something about Mary, it was like the seven minute workout. And it's like, yeah. six minutes? Like, no one's going to get fit in six minutes. Guess what? I do a six minute arm video. Last night, Donald said my arms were looking good. They are looking good. Looking good. Six oh, minutes, yeah. everybody. Yeah. I wonder if I could do it in five. Who knows? Yeah. And, you know, and I just do, for as far as strength training these days, I'm doing I'm doing a plank uh, uh, and, and push-ups and like... Like, that's the extent of my strength training, and it works, and it helps, and I'm actually feeling the benefits from it. Right. So troubleshooting these habits 
helps us see, again, the role that they play in our lives, the way that they manifest in our day-to-day lives, and then deciding on one low-hanging knot, you know, low-hanging knots in the trees. Yeah. Uh, I like mixing metaphors. Um, But deciding on the one that you're ready to work on. You know what? I work in a two-story building. I did for five years. Two-story building. I would take the elevator to the second floor every day. What if I decided that when it was practical and when I wasn't carrying heavy boxes or whatever, I would take, I would stop taking the elevator and start doing the one flight. Just one. Not, I'm not talking five flights. Yeah. Just one flight. Could I do that? Yeah. I just, in real life, um, just moved from a third oh, floor yeah. office to a ground I'm floor so sorry. office. And Condolences. I used to, it used to be very easy in air quotes for me to to find excuses to walk up and down the three flights of stairs. And now I'm, I have to like figure out new ways to work a little harder. Like my building I'm, I moved to is only two stories and I'm on the ground floor now. So I need to, uh, I need to find little ways to go up and down the stairs more to make up for those flights of stairs. I'm not getting now. Well, and I think too, when you told me, you know, he was like, Oh my gosh, my office is on the first floor and it's right across from the kitchen and it's right down from the the bathroom. It is also literally like right across the the door that is exactly across the hall from me is the kitchen door. So I don't even have to like walk to get to the kitchen and the bathroom is really close too. So I've got to like figure out ways now to get all these steps in that were easy for me at the other office. Well, and I think too, it ties into that identity. And this is kind of what it's all about. We identify as active people. We identify as people with a growth mindset who are looking for ways to get in activity. And it's a big deal, you know, for Donald to actually lament being on the first floor. It's true. I mean, the me of six years ago would have just been, you know, um, sitting up and down for joy because I wouldn't have jumped up and down. I would have have sat up and down for joy. I would have been so stoked that I had scored an office that was on the ground floor and so close to the kitchen and so close to the bathroom. And now I've like turned my mindset around to... To being the opposite. I know. I was listening to a podcast and a, a writer was saying that they had just gotten reserved parking right in front of the building oh, and how yeah. excited they were. And I was like, that is a great way to get in steps, not having a good parking spot. What are you talking about? I know. I like, I don't ever, no, not that they're going to give it to me anyway, but I don't ever want a reserved parking spot close to the building. Like that would just really, you know, I would still park in the far away parking garage. Exactly. So we identify as active people. We identify as problem solvers. And the swarm of behaviors, whether you're troubleshooting something that you want to stop doing or you want to add in a new behavior and brainstorm ways to add changes into your life, really gives us the opportunity to be agents of change in our own life. Now, I'm not saying Mr. Bad Habits Ed Sheeran needs to change his lyrics because <laughs> it's very clever. But in, it, I know it wouldn't sell if he was like, I'm a problem solver. Yeah, exactly. Solving problems. Um, but – We have an opportunity to observe the way that habits play a role in our life. And instead of seeing like we have to make some monumental breaking habit, you know, big statement change, big announcement in our lives, we can untangle these knots one by one and have a rope that is great, amazing, wonderful, straight rope. Good job. A straight rope ready to use to tie around something again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There aren't enough ropes, just are just there to be ropes. Exactly. Um, So, dear listener, to recap, phase one might be to add a new unrelated habit into your life that you want to cultivate. Learn a language. Learn scrimshaw. I don't know what you're going to (laughs) do. 
<laughs> You're taking it back to the nautical thing with yeah. Scrimshaw. Oh, yeah. No, it, also Scrimshaw's bad. Don't yeah. be bad. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I think it's also illegal. But uh, next step is troubleshoot ways to unravel the knots of unhelpful or unwanted habits. And then again, number three is to swap out unhelpful habits for more better more good habits, but that's another episode. Um, being an agent of change in your own life feels so much better than deciding that you're a victim and that there's no way to make change. And that because you're a victim, everybody else has it easier. Everybody else just has more willpower. Everyone else is just more motivated. They yeah. have better character. This isn't a character flaw. It's a design flaw. And when we realize that we can redesign our lives, that's where the power comes from. And that's where we can celebrate every small change. Yes, indeed. And uh, boy, I certainly was that person yeah. uh, six or seven years ago and for many years before that. Uh, speaking of taking agency in your lives, thank you so much for taking the agency in your life to listen to this podcast. We are grateful for each and every one of you. And, uh, we have, uh, 200 and some episodes that you can go back and listen to wherever you found this one. And they're also available on our website all the time at weonlylookthin.com. Yep. And if you are at weonlylookthin.com, head over to the link that says join our support group, Walt Place, We Only Look Thin Place. It is an accountability and support group for women based on Facebook. We have two subscription options, a monthly option with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Walt Place is right for you. And in Walt Place, we often use the swarm of behaviors model to help one another troubleshoot and brainstorm ways to make changes in our lives. It's a great structure around which to be able to really visualize what issues we're going through, support one another, and uh, help others also figure out ways to make changes in their lives. Yeah, and you get direct access to Catherine Weigel. Weigel. Uh, I mean, like, seriously direct access, like, via Zoom, via Facebook questions, like, via email, you know, it, you know, Catherine, I'm really, you know, was amazing before becoming a Tiny <laughs> Habits coach. I'm being serious. Aww, like, you are so good at this. And now you've added this layer of, of Tiny Habits coaching. And I feel like people are so lucky in that group to be able to, you know, talk directly to you and get the benefits of your advice. Because there's so many times where where I hear a question and I have to really, you know, stop and think about it. And you just seem to have answers like all the time. I know, but is that just me being bossy? I don't know. <laughs> I appreciate it. Maybe, but maybe. The, the group is really great. We do a newsletter. We do multiple Zoom meetings a week. And again, it is not a weight loss plan, but it is a place to show up and be accountable and troubleshoot and be honest about what we're going through uh, in on the internet, which is sometimes a hard place to be honest about things. So. Absolutely. And speaking of the internet, you can also interact with us on social media at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at We Only Look Thin. And we also answer emails, believe it or not. And we would love to hear from you via email. Uh, we like episode suggestions. We like to hear compliments, obviously. We like to hear topics that you feel like we haven't uh, gone into for a while. And uh, we will also answer questions. We only look thin at gmail.com. Yep. I'm not sure if I actually said that. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we might need to troubleshoot uh, a way to respond more quickly, uh, but we're doing our best. Thank you for your patience. We yes. appreciate uh, wait times may vary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Your, your wait times may vary. I like it. Yeah. 
Um, this is a high volume uh, time for We Only Look Then. Uh, okay, so we talked about Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Oh, we talked about Apple Podcasts. Hey, yes, Apple, Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you have an extra minute, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. Uh, we have over 500 star reviews, which is awesome. And we also have some great uh, actual reviews. So thank you for doing that. Not only does it boost our mood, makes us know that what we're doing matters in this, uh, this world, but it also helps others find our podcast. The more ratings and reviews we have, the more Apple boosts us uh, in search results when people are looking for inspirational podcasts like ours. Yes, indeed. And lastly, if you could do us the favor, if you don't feel like doing any of those things that we just mentioned, if you could at least tell somebody about the show, we would really appreciate it. You think there's somebody in your life who might enjoy the uh, zany antics (laughs) and uh, helpful inspirational advice of this podcast, please mention it. We would definitely appreciate it. Yep. So if you still can't remember who has a PhD between BJ Fogg, Ed Sheeran, and Weird Al Yankovic, (laughs) just remember that Catherine and I are an inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.